I'm gonna make him an awful game. I feel the need, the need for speed. He's watched every movie more than once. He's Stephen Fennick. Go ahead, make my day. He's watched the latest Disney movies with his kids, uh, but that's about it. He's Trevor Long. You talking to me? Together they bring you the best movies you've never seen. I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Rent BioStream, the latest and greatest movies on Fetch. Say hello to my little friend! The best movies you've never seen. The first rule of Fight Club is... You do not talk about Fight With Stephen Fennick and Trevor Long. This is the captain. Brace for impact. Hello and welcome to another episode of the best movies you've never seen. This is the, the book club for movies. I'm a movie buff and I see this show as a mission to educate my good mate Trevor about the best movies of all time. Trevor, how are you going? I like to think uh, that we're educating more than just me, but I do have this sneaking suspicion that I am the only person that hasn't seen some of these movies. So I accept that, but I love the fact that the journey that I go on is a, a trip down memory lane for other people. That's the way and, I perceive it. And for me too. This, is, we're, to this week we're looking at The Hunt for Red October. This was released in 1990, was based on Tom Clancy's excellent novel, which I've also read. And was directed by John McTiernan. Now, listen to the run John McTiernan had. Before he directed The Hunt for Red October, he'd already directed Predator, Mm. which we will be covering, and Die Hard, which we also will be covering. And then he came he came onto uh, onto the hunt for Red October. So his his batting average was pretty high when he when he came on the set here. Now this is set in the in 1984 during the Cold War. So you got to remember Americans, Russians, the middle of the Cold War, and it stars, of course, Sean Connery and Alec Baldwin are the two main stars. A lot of other great actors in the film, but that's the setup. Now you, of course, had heard of this movie. What were your impressions going in? I love the way you assume I'd heard of it, but you're right, I had. So here's all I've got. I knew it had something to do with a submarine, and I knew it had Sean Connery in it. But honestly, I had no idea. I had literally no idea what the story plot was, anything about it, other than to probably connect the dots and think that the submarine was called and, the and Red it's October. safe to assume that you hadn't read the book either, because you, you probably you've I've read never read a book in my than, life. You've read more books than movies uh, than movies you've seen. Is that right? So yeah, that yeah. that was safe. That was safe on on the bookshelf. Yeah. But okay, so you knew it had a submarine and Sean Connery. Yep. That's a good start. Good start. Well, it was very well received by the critics when it came out in 1990 and by Tom Clancy fans. Tom Clancy was a best-selling author and the fans were really happy with the adaptation. It was nominated for three Oscars, would you believe? Film editing and sound. It actually won an Oscar for best sound effects editing, which wow. I think once you once you once oh, yeah. you watch the movie, you can appreciate how good the sound is in it. Uh, it also continued John McTiernan's amazing run of films, and as a result, as he was directing this movie, it prevented him from directing Die Hard Two. He was supposed to direct Die Hard Two. Someone else directed that, but uh, because of his commitment to Hunt for Red October, he was uh, had to miss out on Die Hard Two. But you know what? I think uh, Die Hard 2 is still a good movie, even without John McTiernan. I can imagine how much better it would have been with him, but he did go back to direct uh, Die Hard 3 with a vengeance. So he wasn't lost to the Die Hard universe. Okay, we've reached that part of the show where we are going to take a deep dive. Get it? Deep (laughs) dive. We're going to take a deep dive into the movie, and we're going to be spoiling the hell out of it. So if you haven't watched it yet, this is your last exit before the freeway, we like to call it. So you can go away. 
and maybe catch it on Fetch. And the Fetch is proud sponsors of the best movies you've never seen where you can just open up your Fetch box, turn it on, fire up the remote and use voice commands or tap away the search and search for any content. And a movie is the best thing to search for because the depth of content is unbelievable. The number of movies you can rent and buy, uh, uh, a number in the thousands. And then, of course, there's your streaming platforms and the the services that you already subscribed to. And this was yet another example of one that um, when I did the the search, I, I asked Fetch to show me Hunt for Red October. It showed me that it was available to rent or buy or it was also available on stand. So while I'd love to give Fetch the, the money to, to rent or buy it, I didn't need to because it was already part of my stand subscription. I was able to watch it in 4K beautifully on the, the Fetch Mini 4K. If you haven't got a Fetch box, you can buy them at leading retailers here in Australia or you can uh, ring your telco and see whether they might offer it as part of a subscription plan so you can pay uh, a couple of bucks a month for your Fetch box and get all the access to all the streaming channels and movies you would want thanks to Fetch. Okay, you've uh, now you've now resurfaced. <laughs> I'm continuing these. Uh, forgive me for these silly puns. Oh, I'm not sure I can forgive you if it's going to go on the whole show. <laughs> you've resurfaced. Yeah. So now, what are your impressions? You've seen the movie. So what are your impressions after your first? And it is your very first watch. Oh, I loved it, man. That is that is. If we can just you know plot a course. Um, you know, <laughs> over the coming months, uh, I wouldn't yep. mind a few more of these movies, oh, mate. This is my more, wheelhouse, buddy. Any more where those came from? Um, you know, th- so a, a couple of things about it, and just to kind of centralise what is my wheelhouse. You know, realism. So this was this had this had a theme. It was it was in a, in a certain place and time. It it wasn't fanciful. It was essentially you know potentially real story to me. It's, that's what I like a movie to be. I think it could have been real. Um, yeah. uh, you know, I do love war style movies as well. Um, I, I mentioned last week when we were talking about Psycho, I mentioned that um, Tom Clancy, I played a lot of Tom Clancy computer games, so I knew that there'd yeah. be some something good there. Um, and then quality actors, mate. I mean, this thing was mind blowing to me James. from start to finish. The actors, James Earl Jones and Alec Baldwin, so young and yeah, I, I mate, massive fan, really, really awesome. enjoyed this one. So, you're your tweet would be, Trev, if you, you've just seen the movie, how would you tweet about this to your followers? Oh, I have literally just seen the movie. It's just uh, oh, we're <laughs> recording minutes after I finish watching it. Well, um, it's fresh. I, I, and properly fresh. My tweet would be, oh, my God, I've been living under a rock. The Hunt for Red October. <laughs> you have to yeah. watch it. And if you've already watched it, watch it again. Yeah. You're only, you're only 31 years too late, mate. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you're playing catch-up. That's all good. I've got, 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 got a long this. life ahead of me to catch up on a you lot do, of things, mate. You do. <laughs> now, I've got to say, I love this. This is one of my top 10 movies of all time. Right. And, and in preparation for this podcast, I've watched it twice in three days. <laughs> I watched it another two times. I know it off by heart, this movie. I really love it. Uh, it, it also... I, I also love this genre, like submarine movies. There are a few good submarine movies that I can is recommend. It, is it a genre of its own? It's a submarine. I mean, war own. movies, like, yes, but yes, genre there is submarine. One of one of the best is uh, starring Gene Hackman, Crimson Tide. Put that. That's another thing for your homework. Okay. There's another one with Matthew McConaughey, U five seven one. Another great sort all of right, a based, right, based right. true events. That's right. I feel like I might uh, have seen yeah. that at the movies. That is an excellent film. And there's more. There's Hunter Killer, K-19, Das Boot, Run Silent, Run Deep. Plenty of movies set on submarines. Gives you that real claustrophobic effect. Run Silent, Run yeah. Deep. They really went with your whole, we're going to pun the heck out of this, didn't That's they? That's an older movie starring Clark Gable, Run Silent, Run Deep. And I think Burt Lancaster's in that too. But anyway, let's talk about the cast of this movie. And, of course, you knew Sean Connery. He was very known as the people arguably say he's the best James Bond that was uh, ever featured in the, in the films. Yep. You've seen some James Bond movies, surely. Maybe not. Okay, not, we'll have to I put them on the list. One. But he you, he was in also The Rock. He was in Entrapment, Rising Sun. Uh, he was also in The Untouchables with uh, with Kevin Costner, which is also on our list. Can I just say, I I, I was like, oh, he's a Russian. Like this, <laughs> you got you got to remember, yeah. Stephen. You've watched this a hundred times. Yeah, I've two hours ago. I've just learned that the main cast member of this iconic movie. <laughs> Is the opposition, and it's like, oh yeah. wow! So what? This is mind blowing to me. Exactly right. Uh, Alec Baldwin, you mentioned uh, mm. young. He was uh, also starred in uh, Beetlejuice, Glen Gary, Glen Ross. Excellent movie. Thirty Rock. Have you seen? Did you have you seen? Were you a fan of Thirty Rock? No, nah, it wasn't really. 
Okay. Scott Glenn, who played uh, the captain of the USS Dallas, he was in Silence of the Lambs. That was one of his most popular roles. He was also in Training Day. But I've got a pop quiz for you now. Pop quiz. Two of the star of the cast members. Mm. You're a big Law and Order fan. Oh. Two oh, of the cast yep. members were in Law and Order. So the um, the district attorney um, was the captain of Fred Thompson, the, the yes. ship USS Enterprise. Yep, correct. Came out of the bathroom and had that whole conversation. Yep. Um, Law and Order. The other guy. The I other guy. Like, you look at my. Is it the wash? Uh, the White House dude? No. No. Courtney B. Vance is his real name, and he played Jonesy, who was the audio, the sonar oh, on uh, the Dallas. Yeah, Courtney B. Vance. He was wasn't he? Was he the DA or something? All on order, criminal intent. Was that he? Yeah, I think he, I think he was. You're yeah. right. That's, so you that's go, why mate. I thought he was such a great character. See, yeah, there you have it. James Earl Jones. You mentioned, of course, you recognise yeah, wow. him. Field of Dreams that you, you've seen. Like this that's, was a moment. You're yeah. running through a cast list here. That yeah. you know this opening scene, and then. It was opening scene and then titles, yeah. um, and titles included these cast members. And I'm going, oh my god, James Earl yeah. it was a solid, star-studded Absolutely. lineup. Yeah, first grade team there. And James Earl Jones, of course, is the voice yeah. of Darth Vader. You, you know that, don't you? Uh, You've got so, that. Yeah, Darth Vader. Yeah, I yeah, kept okay. on saying, no, I am your father. Is that, is that from the Star Wars movie, Stephen? <laughs> yes, it is, mate. Anyway, we're going to jump into the memorable scenes. And, and I yep. reckon the the very start of the movie, there were there were some titles that explaining that, you know, a sub surfaced at the, you know, south of the Grand Banks and apparently suffered a radiation leakage. And what you're about to see never, ever happened. So already some intrigue before anything's happened, yep. and so sort of built up pretty great expectations. I my problem with titles, and we mentioned this last week. Was it last week or the week before where you said you should have seen that in the titles? Because Phoenix, it was where Psycho was set, and I'm like, dude, yeah. I'm not, I'm not a big reader. <laughs> and we'll get to we'll get to how nervous I was about reading in a moment on this movie. But okay. you know, you've got. I actually loved this opening sequence because it was very, um, very tight on on uh, Sean Connery, and then. Yep. It moves across, and I'm like, "Is that Sam Neil? Like, hello? Yeah, yeah Sam Neil. Happening? Should have mentioned him in the casting call too. Sam oh, Neil, great. I, so great I looked, role. and I went, "I'm just gonna have to wait for that guy to come back in the character before yeah. I can see that it's you really good. good for you." Yeah, and then, but see, what happened there was, you, you have these tight shots, and then suddenly they went wide, and they exposed this enormous submarine. And mate, my number one note was, if you don't tell me how they filmed that at the end of this podcast, <laughs> I will be very disappointed because. Yep. That was mind-blowing to, to present. The, and that I love that about this in terms of cinematography because it presented a very strong cast member, you know, very, very, very focal. And then it presented scale in so well in, in just Huge. in a couple of shots. So next we see Alec Baldwin boarding a flight to Washington from London to meet up with Admiral Greer, which is James Earl Jones's character at the CIA. So he's he's obviously got some information. You see in the titles he's putting all documents in a in a bag, and there's all images of submarines Tactics, and stuff. books, and yeah. all this kind of stuff. So uh, he he arrives in Washington and and. They have their bit of small talk. How's Sally? How's this? How's that? And he goes, oh, no, well, we, we want to uh, – my daughter wants to me to buy her a little brother, but instead we're going to buy her a, a brother for Stanley. And he goes, who's Stanley? And he goes, oh, that's a bear. And so the small talk's out the way, and he goes, okay, what gets you on a plane in the middle of the night to, to, to come and see me? And then he explains to, that the, the, new, the new ship, the Red Ox, the, the, the new Typhoon-class submarine mm. – a lot of information in this scene where he talks yes. about Ramius and how he's, uh, you know, he's he's the this the legend in the in the submarine community. And then when he's looking at the images, he goes, "Oh, what are, what are these doors?" And he goes, "Those doors are the problem." And he, he he tells him that he wants to he wants to show them to Skip Tyler, his his friend who's a submarine captain who lost his leg in an accident. So he was just doing some analyst has top secret. And clearance. you also learn in this moment that. Um, it's the first kind of moment where you realise in the in the US side of this whole conversation, there's a lot of information. Not not no one person has all the info because um, James L. Jones' character picks up the phone and goes, "Right, get a car here. He's off." Like, and he's like, "What? Well, you know urgency. something? Yeah, it you know something yep. that I don't know." And it, it was a fascinating kind of thing there. And that's when um, Ryan heads off to see. Oh no, sorry. Um, we go aboard uh, an American sub. Yeah, and you got this great. We talked about um, Jones, the the sonar guy. Yep. Which, by the way, I think his his whole performance in this was brilliant. 
because it's a very nerdy performance, right? He's he's a sonar operator, and he's sitting there teaching um, someone else the the run of the road with um, yeah. his sonar. It's was really like, educational. Eh? I was fascinated by that one. Yeah. First time I saw him, thinking I didn't realise it worked that way. Like, uh, of course, yeah, you can't see underwater. It's all it's all sound based, isn't it? So yeah. that really plays into how important. The, the features of the Red October were. So. Yeah, and they're, they're really, at this point of the movie, they're flicking between trying to set up all yeah. these characters and moments, and there's a lot to take in. And so after, after the, uh, we, we see the, the Dallas, then we're aboard finally the Red October. So Ramius is he's, uh, come back down, and he says, oh, the political office is waiting for you in your office. Mm. So he goes down to see him, and this is what we hear. I on sabralik na miesta. Nazivaye maje pajvrieski armegidon. And the seventh angel poured forth his bowl into the air, and a voice cried out from heaven, saying, It is done. A man with your responsibilities reading about the end of the world. <laughs> so that was our introduction to the political officer. Suddenly you're sort of thinking, why, why is he... Is he talking about this he's underlined these passages he explains another another information pack scene he explains that the the, the that, that text was actually from his wife's book yeah, and then we yeah. realized that his wife had died and but what's then, fascinating to me is you, yeah. you you you're seeing oh, see, i didn't absorb much of that and you know why because i was fascinated at this point going man am i gonna have to read subtitles through this whole movie but in that moment, in that moment, in that moment, it was a again a brilliant piece of cinematography. They they zoom in slowly on the political officer as he's saying the word Armageddon, and as he says Armageddon, they come, they pull out, and and it's the it's the transition yeah. of we've established these people as Russian, yeah. so yeah. you don't need to read anymore. You can yeah. imagine it was written. So you to were the, happy about that. Oh, yes, at that course. point, well, you can imagine well, the movie was written that they would speak Russian all the way through, and someone at the, in the in the movie business went, listen. That's not going to fly. Get this stuff happening in English. Exactly, folks. of course. But and we learn, of course, that uh, we Ramius' wife has died. Yeah. Uh, he asks, "Are there any agents aboard the ship?" And the political officer says, "How would I know? I'll be the last person to know if there's agents on board." Yeah. But here's the thing. He says, "Look, I want to read the orders to the to the officers," and he goes, "Yeah, okay." But then he pulls him back and snaps his neck on the edge of the table and kills him. I mean, was that a shock to you or what? Did not see that coming. Funny. My notes are not safe for children. It's it's pretty epic what what I went through at that moment. Yeah. But, but and again, I can now understand how you could watch this multiple times because in that scene, um, he says we should get our orders, and, and so he goes up and he opens the the booklet. Yeah, he's got and the two keys. That's right. Exchanges the keys, and there's the two keys for the missiles, which becomes quite important through the. So there's all those little things that happen in this scene. There's so much that happens in this opening stuff, and you know, Ramius then picks up the phone. Uh, calls the doctor and says there's been a terrible accident comes my thing and they come quickly yes they begin right. uh, the the process of um, disposing of the body but in this moment then Jack Ryan's headed off to see uh, a guy called Skip Tyler and they see this um, little mini sub and it's it's again you think why are you showing me this it doesn't really matter he's on yeah. a dockyards where they're building a sub but they show this little tiny sub that um, they're, they're building that can dock with any yeah. sub from any sub. country yeah. it's a rescue sub and it's a- like. At that it's point, classic, you're thinking, mate, seriously. Yeah, it's a classic uh, when the sort of classic script writing technique is if you're going to show a gun in the first act, make sure they use it in the third act sort of thing. Yeah, you know? right. You're going to show something. That, so that was planted early. The DSRV can go anywhere in 24 because, hours. Because otherwise, yeah. we'd be talking later in the show about plot holes. We'd be going, where'd this bloody yeah, thing come that from, happened, right? Yeah. So that, was, that was something that we already knew that, that he was there with that. But he he um, so he talks about this thing that they can get it anywhere in the world in 24 hours, um, and he's talking like he knows so much about this guy, and there there's a moment where where this audio occurs. This this could be a caterpillar. A what? Uh, a caterpillar drive, magneto hydrodynamic propulsion. You follow? No. It's like uh, a jet engine for the water. Goes in the front. It's squirted out the back, only it's got no moving parts, so it's very, very quiet. Like how quiet? It's doubtful our sonar would even pick it up. And if it did, it'd sound like whales humping or some kind of seismic anomaly. Anything but a submarine. 
We messed with this a couple of years ago. We couldn't make it work. They really built this. This isn't a mock-up or anything. She put to see this morning. And, and, and that's such a great moment because it's, again, connecting those dots where the importance of yeah. those doors on the picture for so many people, and then Skip Tyler puts it together for them in a minute. He's yeah, like, he oh, does. I know what that he is. Goes, they're symmetrical along the long axis of the Saab, and he goes, oh, and then he, he, he does realise what's going on there. It's so. brilliant. Really well yeah. done. And now we switch back to the Red October, and, of course, the next, you see the political officer getting zipped up in the body bag, and he calls over, like, the, the, the doctor's there, played by Tim Curry, is the doctor. He, he's also, he, he was also Frank and Furter in the Rocky Horror Picture Show, Tim Curry. And he also played, I think he's, um, oh, heaps of other movies. I, I, won't, I won't go into that. But he, he's in this scene as the doctor saying, well, we'll need to put in now. We've got to go back. And, and the doctor, Ramey says, what do you mean put in? He goes, this is the... the naval ship we're not going putting in for anything we're we've got a, a mission we're going to go out and, and complete the mission but then he calls over just the seaman that, in, that's just the, the the cook's cook's assistant over in the distance he goes come over here i want you to witness something and then he sees him taking the missile key off the political officer he goes i'm keeping it for myself and then he goes I, and and tim uh, the doctor was saying well well um, isn't that that's a little unnerving that one man can have the the power to do this and so right away, you, the, the seeds planted. We're thinking, well, what's going to happen here? Did you feel that, or do you? Yeah, oh, no. I mean, oh, yeah, absolutely. I didn't have any concerns about the the, the guy that he chose to witness it. But at, at that moment, you go, no, nah, Sean Connery has some issues. Um, he's planning something well beyond the orders because he also um, has a second copy of orders, and he, he interchanges them yes. in that earlier scene. He burns the original burns orders, the first ones, which yeah. were to go and play some war games. So. You know, it's it's a pretty it's again it's a fundamental moment of the movie, all of which you know a lot of stuff doesn't make sense uh, until that point. And then we go back again. We're in the this is this real transition between yeah. you know the 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 ships uh, or the vessels. Oh, they call them boats. The boats. Do they? Yeah, yeah. How do you know that? That's the term for su- yeah, among submariners. No, I've been doing my research. Among submariners, they don't call they call them boats. They don't call them subs. Okay, fair it's enough. A boat. Yeah. Um, then you're back to Seaman Jones, who's this brilliant radar officer, and he talks about um, – he, he basically says, this is a new boat. And yeah. they, they give it a name. They're like, how many others do we know about? And they go, there's six of them. He goes, we'll call this uh, Typhoon 7 and start a tape. So yeah. begin yeah. begin recording what you learned about this boat from a sonar perspective. So you know – so the Dallas, I think he said, oh, we've caught a boomer coming out of the bar. So he knows that this is – they just happen to be there when the Red October leaves – and then it's time for Ramius to address the crew. And once more, we play our dangerous game. A game of chess against our old adversary, the American Navy. For 40 years, your fathers before you and your older brothers played this game and played it well. But today, the game is different. We have the advantage. Uh, it reminds me of the heady days of Sputnik and Yuri Gagarin, when the world trembled at the sound of our rockets. Well, they will tremble again at the sound of our silence. The order is engage for silent drive. So that was the point where they activated the Caterpillar drive and basically the propellers stopped working. The Caterpillar drive kicked in and that was when the point where the that they started the the Caterpillar... The Dallas suddenly disappeared. But then he says, they said, they were singing the Russian anthem, remember? Yeah. And he says, what about the singing? And he goes, no, let them sing. Yeah. And they kept singing. And that's and important. again, again yeah. you look back on that and you go, well, that, he did that so that there was some sound signal. Because Jones does actually pick up on that. And he goes, I, th- I thought I heard singing. But you know what's fascinating about that um, address across the, the boat from the captain there? As soon as he started talking, I went, this is this is like a monologue. You could tell this was, you know, a, a fundamental moment for him and you know setting his path. So I found that fascinating. But yes, yeah, so we've moved to a point where essentially Jones, this this sonar operator, is onto it. He yeah, know, he, he knows something big's happening here. So again, another quick scene change to we're back in Russia. Oh yes, and Podoran walks into his office and everyone's saying hello to him. He goes, yeah, yeah. He's clearly he something yeah, really important, yeah, Russian yeah. general or something. He's yeah. the head of the head of their of their military or the agencies, and he's arrived in and his assistant says, "Oh, there's a letter there from Marco." 
And he goes, oh, Marco. And he opens up the letter. And then the, the camera sort of closes in. He's reading the letter. The camera closes in on his other hand with his cup of tea. And then he spills his cup of tea. You're thinking, what the hell was in that letter? Because it's ironic that there's another cup of tea been dropped. <laughs> Second time in the movie. He's <laughs> far in. Tea. It's a dangerous substance in this movie. Yeah, I'm thinking, what's happening yeah. with the Russians and the tea? But the, um, thing, the thing we find out later, that Pedorin who spilled the tea, that was uh, Ramius's late wife's uncle. So they're, they're, that's why they had that, 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 that connection. But we, we learn more about what happens there later. I love the fact that we then moved to see Ryan being brought into the, the briefing, the situation room, essentially. Um, he, his, his you know, superior, James L. Jones character, Admiral um, just yeah. says to him, look, you're doing the presentation, mate. It's your yeah, I like you. to see goes, who's doing the presentation? He goes, oh, you are. <laughs> and, and, and he's like, he's really packing it. Yeah. And, and yeah. he just says to him, he looks at him, he says, mate, just give direct answers. He'll, give, he'll, he'll ask direct questions. You give direct answers. And that's, it's important because yeah. at, at some point after he's given a full-on briefing, he has this realisation. Well, sir, I was just thinking that perhaps there's another possibility we might consider. Ramius might be trying to defect. Do you mean to suggest that this man has Proceed, come... Mr. Ryan. Ramius trained most of their officer corps, which would put him in a position to select men willing to help him. And he's not Russian. He's Lithuanian by birth, raised by his paternal grandfather, a fisherman. He has no children, no ties to leave behind. And today is the first anniversary of his wife's death. So he they, he realizes there might be something. And before this, he was also talking about one of one of the people in the in the situation room was saying that look, you know, this this can't leave the room. But we, I heard, I have it on good authority that Pedoran received a letter and issued orders to hunt down the Red October and sink it. Mm. And so, because that's again one of those moments where you go, someone else has got more information that others do. It's this yeah. really interesting moment across the thing where there's so much intelligence coming through about this. So you know that dispatch Another, of the Russian fleet is critical. The other thing I liked about this scene was that the general said after that quote that we played, the general says, "What could you possibly know that goes on in his mind?" And he goes, "I've actually met him. Have you ever met him?" So he sort of stomped all over him <laughs> and uh, pelt the, the uh, national security advisor says, oh, look, in my opinion, he deserved that. So good on you. And then yeah. even James L. Jones says, look, Jack, I told you to speak your mind, but Jesus. He really <laughs> <did> <laughs> you really pushed it a bit far there, mate. Good luck. Yeah. So he, he then talk, you know, he, he gives him pelt, gives him the, the, the time to prove his theory. But the next switch is to the SS, the, the Konovalov, which is another Russian sub which was the sub that was supposed to rendezvous with in the initial orders. Remember that? Yeah. So remember with the orders, he read out the order, he goes, we're, we're to rendezvous with the Konovalov, you know, test out the Caterpillar drive. And then we realised that Tupolev, who's the captain, uh, that's uh, Stellan Skarsgård was the actor, he realises, he, uh, he gets the new orders. He goes, we've been sitting here lying on the bottom like an idle schoolboy. And he goes, he, he says, right, I go to 105 on the reactor and he goes, "What's the hurry? What are we doing?" And he says, "We've we're going to kill a we're going to kill a friend. We're going to kill Ramius." Yeah, that sort of that, confirms what the guy said that they're after him to hunt him down. And then and then and then you you switch back to Ramius, and he's he's in a like a mess hall with uh, his officers. There's a bit of drama with the doctor, but he gets rid of him, and they're having this um, this full discussion. And he mentions so these are these are a bunch of officers that are clearly in on the defection. They know what's going on, but Ramius tells them that he wrote that letter to Pedoran and they're all like, dude, what are you doing? He's going to unleash hell on us because they're thinking, how good's this? We're defecting in a silent sub. We're just got to cruise. We're just got to cruise. Like, how good is this? It's the perfect plan. They were worried but, though. They were worried because oh, they're gonna, you've signed our death warrant. That's right. Yeah. It was the perfect plan until he sends this, uh, this letter. Anatoly, you're afraid of our fleet. Hmm? Well, you should be. Personally, I give us one chance in three. No more tea, anyone. Anyway. <laughs> so, so cool. Tea so was cool. dangerous. He offers everyone tea. And because at the start of that scene, they goes, he didn't really slip on his tea, did he? <laughs> they were saying <laughs> at the start. 
and he oh, was uh, yeah. So so yeah, I think at the end of that scene, though, Sam Neil, who's his offside of Vasily, he says, "Look, he goes, I'll never ever question you in front of the crew, but he goes, do you reckon it was a smart thing to inform Moscow?" And then he explains to him, he says, look, it's not us. He goes, we've got the advantage. It's the Americans that are the worry. They're, they're the ones. We meet the right one and we're good. So next next scene is Ryan flying to the USS Enterprise. Remember how he's on that helicopter? Really, really rough, rough sea turbulence. And this was after Pelt had said to him, he goes, look, I'm a, che- I'm a politician. I'm a cheat and a liar, but I like to keep my options open. You... No one will back this. You go prove your theory. You got three days, and this is him journeying to the USS Enterprise for for to meet up with uh, on on board to try, hopefully try and get close because to, he's basically to, uh, determined that he needs to be close to this potential defection. Um, and so then we move back to to sonar operator Jones, who brings in a tape to his captain of some audio that he's caught. You may think I'm crazy, but I'll bet that magma displacement was actually some new Russian sub, and it's headed for the Iceland coast. Have I got this straight, Jonesy? Forty million dollar computer tells you you're chasing an earthquake, but you don't believe it. And you come up with this on your own. Yes, sir. Including all the navigation there. I've got all Relax, Jonesy, you sold me. <laughs> so but before that you remember when he said look uh, you know when he said he i thought i heard the singing and he goes he plotted it here 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 and he goes it leads to the thor's twins which is the start of what they call red route one which apparently they have hyper accurate surveys of this this canyon underwater canyon mm. that the russian submarines like to like to go through there see and that's where that path that's where led. it's amazing again you watch this so many times you pick up on that stuff yeah I didn't pick up on the Red Route one. I didn't pick up on that that level of detail. I just thought it was weird that they were trying to navigate this really detailed canyon. But you know, yeah. that that's just that's just what it is, right? Yeah. <laughs> but then we learn a bit more when uh, Ryan turns up on on the Enterprise. Christ, that's the craziest notion I've ever heard. A serving line officer, an entire ballistic missile submarine. Hell, they can't all want an effect, even if it's only the officers. I find it extremely difficult to believe. What's his plan? His plan? Russians don't take a dump, son, without a plan. So that was the, they, they immediately questioned. He was dressed up in a naval uniform. They knew that he worked for Admiral Greer. So they were already questioning, guys, well, you're crazy, as if someone would want to do that. And, and you know, the, the, the whole notion that a whole submarine, the crew and, and all that was just too Which hard a, for them to fathom. It's a critical moment where that is, that is raised as a point, right? And I think that plants the question with Ryan. I mean, you're right. How he, he starts thinking a lot during this movie where he's thinking, right, how does this happen? How does he plan it out? And how can a whole crew uh, defect? But it's it's an important moment because the the other dude in in on the on the American boat doubts Ryan and yeah. his commanding officer says, Listen, he's not a civilian. He 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 knows his stuff. In fact, he survived a chopper crash. Um, he was a Marine, he went through ten months of traction. There's a whole lot going on there, so cut him some slack. I yeah. think that, that's a that's you a remember when he thing. first met Skip Tyler? And the first thing Skip Tyler asked him was, how's, how's your, your back? back? Yeah. yeah. So you're thinking, okay. So yeah, yeah, something yeah. There. But then we go into, again, it's just this flicking and flicking. Back into Red October, they've had some sort of problem with the reactor. The Caterpillar circuits have failed, and they have to go back to normal propulsion, which means they're not going to be silent. So you, you've now got a bit of drama. This, this whole idea of smooth, quiet sailing in is clearly off the radar. And, and don't forget, they're in... Red Route 1, so it's not like they can just sort of sail out of it. They're, they're kind of stuck in the canyon. But the next scene you see is Pelt uh, meeting the Russian ambassador. And then the Russian ambassador saying, well, you know, one of our subs has got into some trouble. It's a rescue mission. And he goes, oh, how can we help? Yeah, let, let's let's help you. So, the, the, again, that's sort of the whole cat and mouse kind of play between the ambassador and the national security advisor. And it's, it's kind of an aha moment for the national security advisor who's like, oh, okay, a rescue mission. Let's... Let's see how we can work that within within our theory as well. But then we go back on the ocean, and you've got Soviet um, anti-submarine aircraft dropping a torpedo. A torpedo is fired at the Red October. The the crew is really worried about um, the the boss here because he is. It looks like a loose cannon because he's letting this torpedo come very close. But in the end, you know his his tactics, which is an important word in this whole theory, is his tactics get him through, and that and the torpedo. 
doesn't hit yeah. them, but it does explode on the, but on the, the canyon. The crew asking him, you know, why are they shooting at us? And then Sam Neill says, oh, suddenly goes, if they're really shooting at us, we'd be dead already. It yeah. was a blank. And then, but you see, there's like a moment where the crew is sort of looking at him sideways, thinking, what the hell is going on here? So they immediately cast doubt. But then we find out from one of the officers who's in on the defection, he was saying that the buffer circuit was torn out of the caterpillar. And he said, in a way that wasn't, that would be hard to find. So the question is now, is there a saboteur on board? So the, another level of intrigue has entered the movie. Mm. I'll be honest, at this point, I did suspect Sean Connery was the saboteur. Okay. Uh, at that point, I went, about that. Yeah. <clears throat> I went, hang on a minute. I, don't, I just, I have a feeling that this bloke has so much, he's so, he's so much ball, so much confidence in that whole situation that it just felt like yeah. he knew this was coming. He was too relaxed, if you, if you know what I mean. I think intentionally so. Yeah. But then we're back on the Enterprise. And um, Jack Ryan has worked out what well, he, he was in the shower. So you can you can talk about this, what he was trying to do here. He was they had to figure out how do you get a people to want to get he's off a submarine. Thinking. He's like, it's the whole, it's basically, you know, that moment of solace we all have where you're in the shower in the morning, you have a shave, whatever it is you're doing. It's that kind of, it's my, it's my personal time. No yeah, one's you got no time one, to think. Yeah. No, you got time to think. And so he's thinking, right, how do you get off a nuclear submarine? You know, it's it's this really interesting thought process that he goes through, uh, in in and that whole nuclear moment. Uh, that's the critical part yeah, of it. But also, too, when he come when he comes out and says, "Oh, look, I know how they're going to get they want to get off," and he goes, "Hang on a minute, mate." And there was old dramas with the plane. Remember they, oh, they yeah, that's right, pumped wings and and then he was talking again to the other officer, uh, looking at the map of where all the ships were, and uh, they were sort of work trying to speculate what was going to happen. Something else strange. They're banging away with their active sonar as if they're looking for something, but nobody's listening. What do you mean? Well, they're moving at close to 30 knots. At that speed, they could run over my daughter's stereo and not hear it. <laughs> they're not trying to find me. They're trying to drive him. Drive him yeah. where? Hounds to the hunters. Your sub-captain's going to make it to America, all right, Mr. Ryan. He's going to die within sight of it. So that that was the scene also where he sees the Dallas off on its own. He goes, "What what do you mean? What what's this doing up here?" He goes, "Oh, they're following some sort of magma displacement thing." And he goes, "Oh, that's it." He goes, "I've got to get to the Dallas." So we we've we've discovered that Dallas has actually discovered the Red October. Yep. And the Caterpillar's running normally again. Um but they have a this was the the, the scene where um Sam Neill's character, Vasily and Ramius are talking about life in the States and he goes, I, I want to get a recreational vehicle. I want to raise rabbits. I want to get marry a, a woman to cook the rabbits for me. He goes, I want to live in Montana. He goes, do you reckon, well, will they let me live in Montana? And it was sort of the, him sort of the, the he's he sort of li- talking about his dream. He wants to be able to drive from state to state with no papers. So that was kind of the, the, the American dream that they were, that's why they were defecting. Yeah, and I think that, that it also humanises a little bit of what happens later on yeah. in the movie, um, you know, that whole American dream part of it. Um, but, you know, then the, the kind of tactics of this whole thing come in. You know, you've got this, like, this sudden turn to see if anyone's behind him. Um, he's, you know, he's talking. The Dallas is yeah. actually lurking behind them here. So it's it's becoming quite there's a lot of tension at this point. But the crazy Ivan is a is an important thing because apparently that's what Russian submarine submariners they turn suddenly to see if there's anyone behind them. Right. And and I think Jones was just discussing that as long as we stay behind them, they're deaf as a post. We stay behind them, we're good. So it was that whole tactical thing that's going on. Uh, but we we see that Jack Ryan then arrives at the Dallas. Remember they stripped down yes. that helicopter, and he was saying, "Guys, if you got a ten minute reserve, we're going to go another ten minutes." And he he just drops himself in the ocean, desperately wanting to get on board the Dallas. And and he eventually they they he drops in the water, comes on board, and uh, and he's ready to help them. And there's the the other thing that happened uh, just just straight after this was the Russian ambas- ambassador's back with the national security advisor, and he's, he he puts forward this theory. He 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 admits to the letter, um, and he puts forward this theory that that Ramius is has mentally ill. He's had a nervous breakdown, and he essentially appeals to the U.S. for help, which is essentially Russia's way of going. Yeah, you know what? Um, we need them to. Bl- we can't catch him. We need them to blow him up. We we need them attacking. 
Ramius. So it's at this point where Ryan's arrived on the Dallas, and he says, look, we, we already had him. He goes, we had to come up and pick up you, get you, and then come back down again. Luckily, the Red October was still there. But at this point, as Ryan is about to explain why Ramius might be trying to defect, yeah. he's just received orders to sink the ship because he was a potential renegade threatening independent missile launch on his own. Yeah. So you can just already we're at a, the, the, the crossroads here where he's got to follow orders or does he listen to what Jack Ryan has to say? It's, it's a really interesting moment for Ryan's character to kind of do that moment of convincing um, the, the Dallas to, to follow his ideas, isn't it? You know, um, yeah. they know, they know where he is now. They're ready to fire. They've been given orders to, to proceed. They've been given yeah. orders to shoot to kill. But, you know, Ryan Ryan buys a bit of time. He says, has he had any crazy Ivans? He goes, why? Because he, his next will be to starboard. He goes, why? He goes, because he always goes to starboard at the bottom of the hour. I know this man. And that's and where then, the, there's this moment of thought from from the captain of the of the US, US sub that, look, I'm not going to fire straight away. I'm going to just see what happens at half past here. And he does. He goes to the starboard at half past, which is critical. Um, and then they have this whole, they, they, they come up. Periscope's up, and they're signalling a whole uh, basic, very, very brief conversation with the Russian. It's only the captain, um, Ramius, who's seeing yeah. this messaging, and he's required to respond with a single ping. Re-verify our range to target. One ping only. Captain, I, I, I just... Give me a ping, Vasily. One ping only, please. Aye, Captain. So it was at this point where he's thinking, "What the hell is happening here? Yeah. Explain to me what happened." And, then, and I liked it was funny when um, he Mancuso, the captain of the Dallas, says, "How did you know he was going to go to Starby?" He goes, "I didn't. It was a fifty-fifty chance. I just had a shot." And well, he goes, "Oh, that's okay." He goes, "My Morse is so bad. I'm probably sending Dimensions a Playmate of the Month instead of <laughs> the right information." So uh, we're immediately then because remember during that exchange, he said, "We need to go somewhere deep." So they went to the, he looked on the on the chart and uh, they had to head straight south and then 20 hours later the radiation alarm suddenly sounds on the red october and the doctors there are alarmed sort of saying oh god if there's radiation we're just venting the air is not going to help we've got to get the men off yeah. and that that's really what what was sort of the the tactic there And what's interesting there is all I'm activated. thinking at this point is that's Ramius's plan because you know Ryan yeah had to know what the plan was and this was it this was their plan for for getting uh, this was his plan for getting the the crew off the ship yeah um, but, he, but he had to though there was they had to give the impression that you know they saw the other the american ship approaching and they had to give the crew the impression that they're not going to give up without a fight they're going to they're going to sink below them and scuttle the ship rather than give over the ship to yeah. the americans because and, again this uh, whole the whole point of this is to keep the ship they exactly. don't want to lose that the illusion. That's right. And yeah. then the doctor saying to him, he goes, oh, you'll receive the order of Lennon for this, Captain. The, the, you're so brave. And uh, he, he then, they, they sink below the, the crew. And then the, uh, then it's, all hell breaks. It's on for hell. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's all on because the Americans are dropping um, torpedoes. There's a really great moment where they're about to, they're about to shoot this thing, right? It's about to go. Um, and James L. Jones' character you can hear the guy, the the missile operator, whatever you want to call him, is counting it down 700 feet, 600 feet, 500 feet. He opens up the missile button, and you you know expect he's going to he detonate it at you know zero, but James Earl Jones reaches down and goes boom and detonates it at like 200 or so, and then he turns to the guy and he says, "Listen, I was never here." Essentially, yeah, that yes, you happen. heard it hit the hull, and I was never here. It never never happened. So I mean, it's a, it's a great. I thought that was a great moment. Then that then they then this you know re- little mini sub recovery vehicle just appears yep. because they can get it anywhere in twenty four hours, as was yep. earlier mentioned. Um, and they they get on that and they're going to head out to meet underwater, which is the critical thing, right? How can they bring the sub up to you know do an exchange of defection? So they're yep. going to do this exchange underwater, which is fascinating, yep. and you know so the- hand shaking and. The yeah. DSRV was a critical little plot plot uh, plot point there because, the, like you said, they they travelled and and it just happened to have a generic docking collar, so it could, of course could dock any any submarine. <laughs> yeah. So that was handy. They they entered the Red October, and and I think um, the uh, 
Mancuso offers Ryan the gun. Remember, he says, look, you know, are you willing to wet your, bet your life that he's going to defect? Like, here, here's a gun. Yeah. And, uh, but and he when, takes when it. He has, on... he has to take it, essentially, because... Yeah, he does. You know, it is. It is. You're going into enemy territory. You'd be mad not to. But there, there's this great moment where Ramius and he speak Russian. Um, uh, yeah, and and Ramius walks yeah. over and there's a shaking of the hands. And that's the moment where the defection is officially on. Yeah. But you hear the sound of a torpedo. And Jonesy, the genius sonar operator from the Dallas, and he says, no, he goes, the, he goes, the Americans are shooting at us again. He goes, no, they're not. He goes, the pitch is too high. Torpedo's Russian. Yeah. So the, the Konovalov, who you forgot about by now, who was rushing to meet meet the Red October at 105% on the reactor, has suddenly materialised. And uh, it's on again. And, again it's, it's on misses, again, right? <laughs> he, misses, he misses the first time. And so Tupolev wants another torpedo ready. And the uh, the, the Red October realises they've got to, they've got to start manoeuvring. He goes, get that thing off my boat. He says, get the DSRV. Remember, he goes, he goes hey, did you hear a torpedo? He goes, yeah, get out of here. Yeah. So he There's one boat to... left in the little rescue <laughs> sub. And says, he just yeah, shuts mate, the hatch and, says, and he actually says, where am I going to go? <laughs> So he's Which off. is brilliant, but yeah. it's all it's because it, obviously there's no crew. You've just got the officers now. You've got American yeah. and Russian officers. So Ramius sits Ryan down at the at the controls. He's got to steer the ship. Uh, Ryan says to him, "Look, I, I'm mate, I'm the CIA. I'm not I'm not an I'm not a naval officer. I just write yeah. books." And and Ramius says, "No, steer to three one five. And the American guy's like, "No, don't." Ramius says, "Yes." And there's this clear moment of connection between Ryan and Ramius. Where he goes, well, I'm going to do that, and he, and he turns to three one five, which is um, which is a critical point because it's about turning into the. I thought this was fascinating, and it seemed very real to me. You'll probably tell me if it's a pothole, yep. but he turned yep. into the path of the the torpedo because the torpedo was set to you know detonate at a thousand feet, for example. But by yep. the time it caught the sub, it was only at eight hundred feet, so it was just a bit of metal in the water, and so it just bounced off and broke up yeah. um, on the side of the sub. And that's spot on. What he did, he closed the distance to the torpedo, so it couldn't arm itself. If he had a sat still, it would have armed itself and detonated at that point. So he decided to steer into it, close the gap. Classic naval tactics. But the next thing they've just they've just got out out of the dodge the bullet situation. literally. Yeah, well they've dodged the torpedo, but then bullets start firing. Crazy. And they're thinking, what the hell's here? He must be a member of the crew. And poor old Vasily, who gets shot in the chest, and see, his, his final line was, and it broke your heart, I would have loved to have seen Montana. So he yeah. he, he, he dies there on, on the, at the con, and they decide, they determine, what the hell is he trying to do? And they, they see the warning light, and he's gone into the missile bay, the guy who fired the shots. He's gone into the missile bay, and he goes, look, can he fire a missile? He goes, no, but he can, he can blow one up and incinerate the ship. Yeah, so you, we, you can we, tell we, straight we, away we, his plan is to is to detonate the ship. Uh, Ramius and uh, and Ryan go to chase him. Ramius gets shot. Uh, Ryan's got yeah. his gun. <laughs> this is one of my favourite lines of the movie. Um, Ramius says, "Listen, you know, be careful what you shoot at." And and he's around, and he and then he yeah. gets shot at like ten times. Bang, 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 and he goes, yeah. "Be careful what I shoot at." It's just such a great moment where Baldwin's character's like, "Dude, this <laughs> other guy's shooting at me." Yeah, but then we we see uh, the Konovalov fires off yet another torpedo. So he's taken all the safeties off it. It's armed the second it leaves the, the tube. And what do we see next, though, is the Dallas coming in to try to hot. steer it away. And then they do that emergency blow right to the surface. See, I'll to... tell you what I thought was interesting there. The Dallas coming in, my initial thought was, oh, my God, the Americans are going to take the hit here. So that they just to recover this, you know, it's important information that that, that Russian yeah. sub, they're going to lose a crew and a sub, you know, because you think this yeah. torpedo is going to hit the Americans, but as you said, it comes up like a, a whale or a dolphin, yeah. And uh, and the Russian the Russian crew who are being rescued think that you know that they've driven the Americans out of the water, but actually they've just avoided a, a torpedo which was fired by the Konovalov. And because it's now got no target, it just goes looking. Yeah. And hey, it finds a target. And the yeah. target is the Konovalov. So they yeah. shoot themselves. And in the last moment is, you've shot us. Yeah. And, and, and that's seen from the surface then. So the crew that's still bobbing around in their lifeboats, they kind of, they, they, they're sad thinking that that's the Red October that just got blown up. 
Yeah. It really played into that whole plays into whole the whole story. narrative. The whole yeah. narrative the here is Cruz going to go back and say the Red October was destroyed, but here we are, we're back. Yeah. And and, and you know why? Then of course, in that he chose that spot. Remember, he says, "I'm oh, going to go somewhere deep, the deep waters." So because the wreckage, the when wreckage. they come back to the ambassador, the yeah. the US guy says, "Listen, I mean, it's going to it's such deep waters. It'll be a very long time before we recover any." anything for analysis, which is their way of saying, you'll never know which sub it was that was destroyed. <laughs> it's too deep, yeah. And, but then the ambassador <laughs> says, by the way, we have lost another submarine, uh, which is the Konovalov, and, and the US the US Secretary of Defence, or whatever he is, goes, you've lost another one? As if to play dumb. It was very, very well done. And so now we see uh, Ramius and Ryan on the on the top, on the bridge of the, of the Red October, hiding in a river in Maine. And he was saying that uh, the it's 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 miles away from any satellite, and he says to him, "Welcome to the new world." So, yeah. And the final scene is, of course, Ryan. Remember at the start where he says, oh, "I can never sleep on this a plane." This was good. This terrible. was well done because I yeah. nearly, because I, I was you know keen to get on, get on with it. I as I was sailing into the, they'd had that final moment. Welcome to the new world. Yeah. And I thought that's enough. It's over. You know, well done. But then there's this great final moment of Ryan asleep on a plane. With a teddy next to him. So it rounds out with he fulfills his promise to his daughter, which he makes. He promises her it's to a bring back a, 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 a teddy. And through the whole thing, he doesn't sleep when he's on a helicopter or a plane because he hates turbulence. Yet he is fast asleep, having endured yeah. what he'd been through. The sleep of the innocent. A lot of good lines in this as well, mate. Uh, yeah. I, 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 a lot of good quotes in this. My first, like, quotable line was when Skip Tyler says, you know what, I helped... Back when I was a kid, I helped my daddy build a bomb shelter because some idiot parked 90, 90 nuclear missiles 90 miles off the coast of Florida. They put some nuclear missiles in Cuba. Because this thing could 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 launch a couple of hundred missiles and we wouldn't know anything till it's all over. Yeah. So it sort of really played on the how how dangerous the Red October really was. Well, I've the best the best one for me, and you've got audio of this, was Ryan. I think he's on a on a helicopter at the time. He's about to really endure you know something that as a as a non naval officer as a as a pen pushing book writer he should never endure jack next time you get a right idea you just put it in a memo <laughs> <laughs> you know it's the meeting that should have been an email it's it's you know why am i on the on the on the high seas trying to track down a russian defector why did I even yeah. go to Washington? I should have just wrote a memo. Brilliant stuff. Another favourite moment is when uh, just after um, Ramius told tells Ryan to go three one five, and Mancus saying no, don't do that, and Sam Neil Vasili's calling out the 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 seconds before the torpedo hits. Uh, the Ramius asks in the middle of all this drama. Twenty this seconds is, till it hits. Yeah, this is what Ramius asks him. Bring steady at three one five. Best range nine hundred yards. Torpedo impact, 20 seconds. What books? Pardon me? What books did you write? <sighs> I wrote a biography of Admiral Halsey called The Fighting Sailor about uh, naval combat tactics. I know this book. Torpedo impact. Your conclusions were all wrong, Brian. 10 seconds. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's stupidly. <laughs> so good. Stomps all over that. Just such a that again, it just proves the calm, cool, collected nature of yeah, exactly. And right. then you've already mentioned this, but play the audio of the uh, sailing into the river where he welcomes into the welcomes into America. There's a river not unlike this one near Vilnius, where my grandfather taught me to fish. And the sea will grant each man new hope. The sleep brings dreams. Christopher Columbus. Welcome to the new world, sir. Yeah. It's really well done. Yeah. It's a great line. Yeah, mate. Nice uh, little tie off to the whole movie. Welcome to the new world. Sort of Columbus. That's what Columbus did. He sort of came to the new world. Yeah. Quoted Columbus. Yeah. yeah. Nice little bow at the end. I, of the you movie. know, can I just say I think that about this movie in a lot of ways, it's it's very well packaged. But it all links together well throughout. They do a lot of that, and I think that's a, that's that's a credit to the whole whole thing. 
Well, we're going to talk about the things you might not know, Trev, about this movie. Did you know that Harrison Ford turned down the role of Jack Ryan? He was supposed to be starring in the role, but he does play Jack Ryan in the later films. Oh, this Alec Baldwin, this was the first film adaptation, film portrayal of Jack Ryan. But in the later films, I think Clear and Present Danger, um, there's a couple others that Harrison Ford is actually Jack Ryan. So he does come back to the role. Okay. Now, the submarine special effects. Yes. Would you believe they were never, ever filmed underwater? They hung the models of the submarines on cables, filled the room with smoke, and that gave it the impression of being underwater. So all of the, you mean the movements of the subs? Yeah, so every time you saw stuff. a submarine. I guess a blue, a dark blue wall with smoke and, yeah, I guess yeah. that could work. Yeah, so wow. There was no water used at all. Uh, the interiors of the subs were also shot on really large gimbals on soundstage. So it would be able to move the, the, the set up to 45 degrees at an angle of 45 degrees. So it's that like seems you're really extreme on a given there's only really two moments where you see, you know, like yeah. a cup fall or someone hold on. It seems like an extreme expense to go to. Now, there was, do you remember that well, that's part of the movie where the chief of the boat tells the story about, uh, you know, he was playing Pavarotti and he yeah. goes, oh, that guy, Larry Ferguson, is the actor. He was actually the co-writer of the script as well. That was the oh, co-writer. Wow. He was one of the guys who helped adapt the uh, the novel into a movie. This movie also got cooperation from the Navy. When they were making it, they said, yeah, we'll help you out. So they helped them, you know, gave them access to some resources because the Navy was hoping this would do for submarines and the Navy what Top Gun did for naval aviators. So they wanted... They, they even had a, in some theatres um, little booths if you wanted to sign up to join the Navy in, in, wow. in, the, in the lobbies of those theatres. So it was, wow. uh, that's what they did. Uh, now, according to the description of the Red October at the start of the movie, did you work out how actually how big it was? Uh, so no. it, it, according to the measurements given in the movie, the, the Red October is 198 metres long. The seems, size of an aircraft carrier. Yeah, which, which they said, yeah. yeah. 28 metres wide and 12 metres high. That's a big boat, isn't it? Yeah, that's and enormous. to answer your question at the start, how did they film that? That was the, the scene at the start. That was actually like the shell, the top shell of the, of the sub. Mm. And, of course, at the waterline, that's where that model ended. It was it so at the course. very waterline. But it was below it. Yeah. It was that big. It was a physical wall. It wasn't quite as big as the one ninety eight meters, but it was big enough. It was a, quite a large set that was that could actually float, and they filmed it's amazing. it. Amazing, um, because you know the uh, whole whatever it's mate. called, the dorsal fin body thing that yeah, comes yeah, out the first. Con tower, yeah, like yeah. That, that was, that's uh, massive. Yeah. Like they, they built that exactly. So uh, we're going to talk now about how did that happen. Okay, uh, how did that happen? Some some, some plot holes here. Sean Connery's Russian accent. <laughs> it does, does sounded very Scottish, don't you reckon? Well, but you know what? You accepted it. I, yeah, it, I, I didn't really accepted. notice it. I thought it was more interesting that when they went, you know, in and out, and we're in English now. Yeah, it's cool, man. You just speak. You just speak Scottish, cool. buddy. Don't <laughs> try and put on an American. Don't try and do anything else. Just you be yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Now I've seen this movie many times and i'm still trying to work out how exactly ramius kills the political officer remember he's trying to walk away he grabs him back does he like does he break his neck on the edge of the table is that what happens like could you could you is that how you saw it i i I didn't. I didn't even see the table there. I, maybe he knocked him out on the edge. Remember of the they table. were sitting at a table. Remember they were sitting opposite yeah, each other on I, a table. I felt like if at yeah. best he knocked him out on the side of the table, and then he just broke his neck with his kind of yeah with his. Just body. maybe sort of pushes down yes. on him. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So he's got some skills. He's got hand to hand combat. Well, I mean, I wouldn't want to face him anywhere. No, exactly right. Um, the Ryan at the start. Do you remember? Cast your mind back to the briefing. Do you remember when he arrives? They're in the elevator. They're going down to the briefing. Yep. And they goes, what happened? He goes, oh, uh, the Russian sub, uh, the Dallas, a, a submarine end up just disappearing in front of it, right? So they mentioned yeah. at that point of the movie, the Dallas, and yet when later on in the movie, when he's on the USS Enterprise, he goes, well, what's the Dallas? What's this? What are they doing? He'd already been told that the Dallas had contacted oh, the, uh, the Red October. Oh, that's a pothole, yeah. Yeah, and he says, well, 
He's like, I need. Oh, okay, that's where I need to be then. Because <laughs> he, Mate, he why didn't you go there in the first place? Exactly right. Well, they, I don't think they knew exactly where it was. But anyway, when Dallas, the Dallas, remember they had to surface to pick up Ryan? Yeah. That would have been a bit noisy, don't you reckon? Don't you reckon the Red October would have hurt him? <laughs> that's after they do, well, they do say, at some point they say, like he says, where are they? And they go, well, we did have them, but we had to come up for you. Yeah, I know. But then so, he go, go back down, he goes, oh, I still sitting there. So yeah, anyway, right. they, they, they probably weren't. The, 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 it was that day, the Sono operator's day off on the Red October that day, probably. <laughs> now, the saboteur. Yeah. Was it the cook? Yeah, remember the cook shows in the missile key. Remember well, he goes. What when is you this? say the saboteur, yes. In who is sense? the saboteur? Was it's, it the cook? Remember the cook, Ramius? Hey, it's Ramius. No, well, it's 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 Loganoff, the cook. Remember the bloke who's firing the gun. No, he's the, just yeah. no. It, you know what? No, Did he's you, just hang the, on. He's just a disgruntled bloke who stayed on the boat because he knew that this was not an ordinary, you know, um, evacuation because he knew about the bloody key thing. Okay, but you picked it that was the same guy who was the yes. witness to the keys. Yes. Okay. Now, did you remember early on when the political officer saying, goes, how many agents? He goes, how do I know how many agents? I'll be the last to know. According to, and I've read the book, in the book, that cook was a trained GRU agent. So that was the saboteur. It was the cook. I, I'm still going to really explain that properly in the movie, eh? I mean... So there's two major acts of sabotage. One kills the the caterpillar system. Yeah. The other creates the nuclear leak. Yes. Well, that was the officers did that, but the saboteur was still the cook. Who so they, you, they happened. So the first one wasn't planned. Is that what you're saying? No. The, the See, first. I, one, I looked at it and went, the whole thing was planned by Ramius. No. Well, remember when they said, "Oh, look, you know, we're not we're, we're not going to be silent. Why would they? Why would they cruel themselves like that? That they're they're going to hobble themselves by not being silent." Yeah, so it was the cook all along, mate. Uh, next up, the the Red October was hidden in the river. Remember, he says, "Oh, we've come all this way to hide in a river," yeah, and then uh, yeah, none um, of the locals are going to say anything about that. Well, maybe, but the 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 satellite, he said, "Oh, the satellite, the yes, the nearest naval port is a hundred miles away." For a satellite, a hundred miles is nothing. They could just look up a little centimeter. Yeah, on the no, but I, I went with that because they're they're analysing the ins and outs of ports and maybe. bases. Yeah. I'm more worried about how a local town doesn't, you know, somehow make a big deal about this 200-metre yeah. sub that's parked in the river. Are you kidding <laughs> Where'd me? That come from? Where'd that come from? Now, did you notice in the movie different lighting for each sub to help the audience distinguish between them? So in the Red October, the lighting was mainly red. But okay. in the Dallas... Lighting was mainly blue. Okay. And in the Konovalov, the lighting was mainly green. So just visually, you think, oh, blue, we're on the Dallas. Red, we're on the Red October. Green, we're on the Konovalov. I was just pretty that much going with the, with the crew to work out who we were with. Yeah. Well, it was a technique that they wanted people to distinguish more easily Fair the, enough. which sub they were on. We already mentioned Skip Tyler uh, asking, how your, how's your back? So that was... We later find out that Ryan was a Marine, survived a chopper crash and had to learn how to walk again. So he's a yep. bit of a badass there. And the bear in the final shot. Now, you haven't yeah. seen Die Hard, have you? Die Hard? Oh, I have. Yeah, I've seen this, Die Hard. This was, this was the movie he made after Die Hard, John McTiernan. Yeah. It's the same bear that was in Die Hard. Do you remember when he's in, he's got the limo and um, Argyle was the limo driver. He had the bear in the back of the limo. That's the same bear in the final shot of Red October. Same bear is in Red October as in Die Hard. That's it, mate. The hunt for Red October. That's the level of detail we get to in this show, mate. A lot of detail. <laughs> Righto. So wait, we've come to the end of the show. What is your wrap-up and rating? Out of 10, mate, what are you giving this thing? Mate, that's a 9 out of 10 for sure. Could, wow. could even crack a 9.5, but it's a that's definite your highest mark. 10. That's your highest mark that you've ever given on the show. I enjoyed it. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, is, there, is, there, um, is there some sort of uh, best movies you've never seen wiki that's been created, which which tracks my mark? We, we should know. I'm, I'm keeping note of them. That, that, that is your highest score. And I'm okay. with you. I'm, I'm a 9.5 on that one. That, that's that's excellent movie. And it gets better. It gets better each time. And and I, I like, so you, I remember you've asked me, yes, how do you watch the same movie over and over again? It's like, you know, when you go to, when an art, an art, 
a fan looks at a painting and they appreciate the painting yeah. for, yep. for what it is. That's me with movies. I appreciate, you know, the cinematography and the sound. I remember how good the sound was, the sound effects editing and this. They won an Oscar. It was yeah. amazing. This is a great sounding movie as well. If you've got surround sound speakers, it really uses all of them with all the, the movement around the screen. So it's pretty cool there. So I do enjoy the, the, the experience of this each time. Very good. No, I, yeah. I enjoyed it. You're right. It's a, it's a cracking movie. I think maybe after 50 um, shows, I should review my ratings <laughs> and just, you know, because this, well, might, this might breach a, a 9.5, but I just don't want to go off early with so many movies yeah, still to see. But I, I do, I do, uh, I'm really happy about the fact that you are actually building up your library of movies that you've watched. And uh, I, I'm really, I'm, I'm happy about that. that. That's the point of this show is to get you, up up to speed with these movies now bring me up to speed and hopefully get others to re-watch or first watch and uh, and learn a little bit more of about the movies uh as as Absolutely. we uh, train you through them okay well next time we are uh, a more recent film we're going to be looking at it's the social network the film written by aaron sorkin based yep. on the ben meserick uh, book accidental billionaires about the formation basically of facebook and the story yeah. of mark zuckerberg Excellent movie. Uh, so that is our that is your assignment before next week's show, Trevor, is to watch The Social Network. And, uh, yeah, written by Aaron Sorkin, directed by David Fincher, genius director David Fincher. So that is what we are watching. So if you want to uh, catch up with the show next week and you want to get that, watch The Social Network and sort of join the whole show with us next week, that is what you need to do. Get onto your fetch. If you've got a fetch box, uh, search up The Social Network and enjoy that movie before us, with us, or uh, get it ready for uh, for viewing after you've listened to the show next week. All righty. Thanks for watching, Trev. I look forward to your thoughts on the social network. And for everyone else, thank you for joining us and enjoy your movies. <laughs>